Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network. As we get closer and closer to the end of 24, we're into the final four yeah. episodes. The end of season three of 24. Jesus. We just we, we decided we, just, we we didn't even want to cover anything positive. It's gonna it's gonna go poorly at the end of this season for somebody's <laughs> hand. So we decided. We will bid farewell with the hand at the end of this season. Uh, but season three is almost up, and uh, we're getting close to the end as we get to talk about episode number 21, written by some guy, directed by some guy, and I did not bring it up, so I can't tell you who. Frederick King so- Keller and Joel Cernow and Michael Losef. Oh, uh, there we go. Yes, that was my voice just disguised as Ben's. Uh, and I've clearly done a lot of prep for this episode. I, I said it last week. This is the episode I feared to host because, wow, it is it is something else. Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I am already thrown off. My name is Colin, and I'm guessing your husband would prefer you return without any disfigurements. And my name is Ben, and you're an attractive woman. <laughs> I left that part out of mine. I'm glad we were able to have Aww, a tie together. <laughs> it's like we planned this. Look at us go. Aww. Uh yeah, this episode is, wow, it is all over the place. More, more so than I think any episode I've ever seen of 24. Oh, it is. Good luck have, in the next couple of a, seasons. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really got to have an attention span for this week. And, and I think more than anything, it's the fact that everything has just sort of come together with the exception of the Palmer drama, or should I say the Keeler drama this week. Uh, everything is just blended together and is just one scene after the other, like, I'm going to say it is not necessarily a bad thing, though, that this episode's all over the place. It kind of lends itself to what's going on in the plot in maybe an intentional, maybe an unintentional way, uh, particularly with Tony's story. It's just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And that's basically what's going on in the story. And I think it helps me accept Tony's, you know, quick judgments here and quick uh, solutions uh, a little bit more. And it, it provides for some good entertainment. So I don't I don't hate it. Um, but it is definitely an erratic episode. I don't agree. I, I'm fascinated of that viewpoint of this, to be completely honest. Um, I really enjoy kind of what we've got with Tony, and I think what makes this episode work so well is the fact that you have kind of, I mean, I guess an erratic Tony, to go into what you're saying there, because I really enjoy kind of just seeing him desperate and trying to cover his tracks, and then you've got detective jack trying to work out what's going on here and trying to get to the bottom of it and jack having a mutiny here to take over control of ctu um yeah i 
I kind of, I like it. Um, I don't really see it as completely erratic. And again, maybe it's just coming from the fact that I'm watching about two different seasons of 24 at once here versus watching this with our rewatch. And I've definitely seen a lot more erratic episodes of 24 in the next couple of seasons that follow this one. So yeah, I'm very intrigued to hear you talk about this erraticness and yeah, because I, I, I don't, think i feel that that exactly is how this plays out well you're wrong <laughs> i don't or you're right i don't know Maybe colin had no other. idea what i just talked about because i was watching it the whole time i think he was on the phone or something <laughs> and that's why jamie is not the real mother of his children in conclusion that is what i said donkey uh <laughs> donkey <laughs> Basically, um, I said that I don't agree with you that this is an erratic episode. Well, I, again, I'm not even I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I think that it, it may be the point of this episode, but it's it's just everything that happens. Like it's so hard to keep up. Like trying to take notes for this uh, is what was really hard because it's like, all right, Saunders makes Tony do this, and then Tony says he's not going to do this, and Saunders makes him do this, and then Jack's going to do this, and this person. I, I I'm not even going to lie. I have a note in here that says I have no idea what's happening anymore. Uh, but I still kind of enjoy it. So I'm that, the so. dumb one on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently I am now. Uh, There's two moments in this episode that really come down to really bad acting from two random people, which I have no clue who they are. They've probably got a page on 24 week. I haven't even looked, which are just laughable. But yeah, other than that, um, I'm intrigued to hear your you, you talk about this erraticness because... Uh, well, let's start with the Keeler drama. Uh, Palmer is taking a backseat this week. Uh, so first of all, I love that we're actually checking in with Keeler because I think that's something that we didn't expect we we're going to get. I mean, we've seen this before, so we know where the story is going to go. But watching this first round, you assume it's all over with the debate. And we kept saying the questions like, yeah, well, you know, there, there's probably a reason why people would question it. And I kind of forgot that this is how it came about, or at least that we got this introduction back to Keeler where they're saying, this is backfired on us. Like, who was not going to assume he just made up an excuse to get out of the debate? Uh, so it's nice that we have that coming around again and to be able to see the Keeler camp as well. Uh, and uh, I love Keeler's little, um, I guess, damage control here. It's like, I want you to remember, I voted against NAFTA and I was for the incentives for domestic manufacturing. <laughs> like, this is his entire campaign. And John Stevens in Waco, Texas, <laughs> says that uh and over in marietta georgia they definitely were for keeler and not palmer uh but uh they're bringing it in that he's losing support because of what happened during the bait which i don't think it's going to happen this quickly because most people went to bed seeing no he called off the debate as soon as it started getting hot and it it, it is what time right now it, nine in the morning i mean even on the, well, the east coast it's going to be even earlier I I wouldn't agree with that because I think the thing that they do well with bringing Keeler back in is it's a believable thing. So basically, yeah, the debate's over. He's gone home. He's gone out and like, Palmer's a dick. Palmer's doing this. Get out of it. So then he's gone to bed. He's, you know, whatever. And then he's woken up to the fact that like, you know, what are they talking about in the morning news? What is in the newspapers? Like, uh, well, yeah, there's a threat level. That awkwardness last night when Keeler was calling bullshit, he was actually wrong. So I, I feel like he would be getting ripped apart. Like morning radio that morning was ripping into him. Well, what what time is it right now? We're like nine a.m. Like between so nine Coast, and ten a.m. So, but, on the West so Coast. East Coast where though like still it's, it's people aren't even at work yet. I did, I don't know if it would happen on the, way, on mean, the East Coast. They're, they're at lunch. What are you talking about? They're three hours ahead on the East well, Coast. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, yeah I'm just my math backwards here. Um, okay, so you're right. You're completely right. 
then you know what? I don't think that they're partial on, uh, on him yet. I think they need to be going harder. <laughs> to be a lynch they, mob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should be protesting outside with other... So we don't want Keeler. Uh, <laughs> Burning him, putting him on a stake. <laughs> Not my president, hashtag. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah, but uh, the, the Palmer stuff that does go on uh, after we check in with Keeler is... Uh, <laughs> I love when they're talking about uh, Sherry because all this is going to come down to is Sherry Palmer wants to see um, the presidential candidate keeler and always a senator governor whatever it is uh and when wayne breaks this to david david's reaction is basically like uh, i don't have time for this <laughs> we no. got other stuff going on i mean you had time for Anne, you had time for Milliken, you had time for julia you have time for everything but now that your wife is about to tear apart your presidency <laughs> well again i would i i would weirdly agree with palmer because again like, he makes a good point here when he says, oh, well, you know, I brought her in last time and look what happened. Like, if anything, at this point, Palmer's going, oh, God, Sherry, what's she up to? Of course she's going to go to him. Like, what else do we expect? This is fucking Sherry. So, like, at this point, he doesn't know. Like, Wayne's just kind of like, oh, I've got it. I love how Wayne's got a spy in the killer camp. Like, my source <laughs> at the killer camp. Like, okay. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of I'm with Palmer here. It's like, oh, God, Sherry again. Like, you know, like, I, I have to put up enough with you well, all the time. So, after a while, I'm like, oh, Colin. I, I, I do think that they him drawing a line in the sand, you listen, I've had enough of this. But I think he should be more worried. Like, if this is the president who's basically destroyed his own presidency in one night, this is the moment where you need to be panicking. Not everything that happened prior to this. I, I, I think we need a little bit more upon my, or at least panicking here. And not just being like, eh, whatever. Yeah, Let her do her thing. It. We get it next week. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I don't. I just don't think he's here. He's actually being presidential for once and giving a shit about his job and saving oh, America. Yeah, so that's kind I of where I think that. it's he's he's finally a decent president now. Because I like that line he says. Demands. He has that it's, it's this line when he's watching the Kill Seven TV. He's like, I don't have time for the election right now. I'm going to save America, yeah. like America. So I don't know. I'm, I like I see what you're saying. I I just think that you'll get more of that desperation, obviously, when. Clearly, it's brought to Palmer's attention. So he's, he's kind of got like, a, oh, we'll worry about that later right now. I'm kind of got to save America. I think that this is also the time he should be worried because I'm going to say right now, three seasons in, and she conspired with people to bring a nuclear bomb under American soil. I'm going to say this is the first time that Sherry's really been a full-fledged villain. Yeah. Uh, last season is, is still kind of questionable. Season one, not questionable at all. It, she was not a villain. Uh, her coming in and basically saying, listen, uh, I'm your woman. <laughs> I'm the one who's going to guarantee you a win. And all I ask in return is a little position within your cabin. The little Keeler saying is like, I will not give in to demands. Like he's a, already a better president than Palmer. He's not giving in to her demands. He like next season, he's actually probably the best president we get in all of 24. <laughs> yeah. He's actually well, the a only good president good pres- next season. The only good one, as long as he lasts. Burning to death in the Mojave <laughs> Desert right now, the poor guy. Uh, but uh, Keeler basically saying, are you, am I really supposed to believe that you're going to do all this, just become a mid-level staffer? And her response here is like, Mr. Keeler, I think we both know it's going to be a little bit more than that. Like that's, that's her mic drop moment. Like now I'm a villain. I, I'm going to, I'm going to live up to what everybody says about this. Uh, it, it's, it's a weird time to bring Sherry back in. It's like, we're going to introduce a new plot. And I always thought this came about much earlier in the season it's kind of like last season where they just brought sherry in the last couple episodes and so like whoa that just came back out of nowhere but i don't know i feel like last week or last week last season uh it it felt like it it fit a little bit more it was more involved this is basically we're going to introduce an entirely new subplot with four hours to go 
because we got to find a way to write out Sherry Palmer. So it is a little bit weird timing they're bringing here and now and not maybe mapping this out a little bit in advance. Have have a couple things like, hey, we tried calling Sherry. We don't know what she's up to, but uh, her phone's off now. And then, oh, we saw her drive over to Keeler's side. Like, set it up a little bit. And maybe I'd accept a little bit more. But still, just getting to see Sherry, it, it's weird that we, we basically defended Sherry as such a great character because she's not a villain in our eyes. She is questionable but she is she's a little bit shady but she's not necessarily a villain ambitious and yet and, and yeah she's vicious she's she's a shark she's a ambitious you know, ambitious well, ambitious well, she's, she's vicious and ambitious that's her the new show she's sherry vicious Palmer's and ambitious up. she's sherry palmer <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> we got a spin off there uh, but, uh, what was that? Is that uh, it's Agatha all along? It's like oh, she's vicious yeah. and she's suspicious. She's Sherry Palmer, vicious, vicious, and ambitious, and delicious. And I killed Alan Milliken too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we got such a great spinoff here. Uh, that's why we're going to end twenty four right here because we're we're moving into the the Hollywood industry. We're going to be pitching the spinoff for Penny Johnson Gerald, and she'll oh. finally come on our show. Uh, but no, like we love the fact that she is kind of vicious and ambitious and <laughs> suspicious and all suspicious that. Suspicious and but delicious. Yet, <laughs> <laughs> but yet not villainous. She's delicious. But yet. <laughs> but and yet nutritious. <laughs> She's Sherry Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> it means nothing needs to be the thing of the vicious and ambitious and delicious and suspicious and Sherry Palmer. And then she goes, and <laughs> this is every week adding a new ish it, at the end of it. It almost <laughs> sounds like the Frasier theme. What is it like? Salads of scrambled eggs, vicious and ambitious. <laughs> Preventing people from taking their pills and submitting nuclear bombs. And delicious. <laughs> I destroyed <Wait>. the tape. <laughs> I'll make your friend God. sleep with my husband. <laughs> put you back down. Put you back down. Sherry <laughs> <Jerry> Palmer. <laughs> this September, Sherry Palmer joins the tube. Vicious <laughs> and ambitious. <laughs> Even Keith will be watching the two more with Sherry Palmer. <laughs> Sherry Palmer. And there's all the spin-offs. Sherry Palmer, Los Angeles. Sherry Palmer, New Orleans. <laughs> Sherry Palmer, counter-terrorist unit. Sherry Palmer, special victims unit. Sherry Palmer lives another day. We, we actually could do that. See, it's actually kind of like AR, but it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> got more Sherry Palmer in it. Uh, the rise of Sherry Palmer, the last Sherry Palmer, oh. <laughs> Sherry Palmer awakens. <laughs> Sherry Palmer two, Sherry harder. Um, <laughs> Sherry Palmer with a vengeance. <laughs> Sherry Palmer electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Palmer in the multiverse of madness. Uh, <laughs> the Snyder cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they will all be introduced by Tom Cruise. Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. Eddie <laughs> Johnson Gerald worked very hard to bring you this Which, spinoff. You, did you, I'm you Tom know, Cruise. My, my extra Tom Cruise introduction video I think yes. he was on a fucking plane. Yeah. They're like, hi, I'm, I'm Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise, I'm on a plane. 
Enjoy this footage of Mission Impossible and enjoy Top Gun Maverick. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Cruise. Oh, I've got to, I've got to look up right now if there's a if there's a Penny Johnson Gerald Tom Cruise movie that we don't know about. Uh, oh, please let there be one. What and is, if not, what is please uh, cast her. Kevin Bacon number. Um, <laughs> I need to find this out. But yes, she is now full fledged villain, and yet I actually like it even better. Like I always feel like we loved her for def- the fact that we defend the villains as not really villains. And now that she's going full-fledged villain, you never go full, vill- full villain. She goes full villain and I love her even more. But I don't necessarily love the story. You know, I weirdly would disagree that she's fully-fledged villain. Um, <laughs> she's just a bit ambitious and delicious and nutritious. <laughs> um, she's just trying to further... I mean, if anything, she's just... Wanting to bring the president down. I mean, is that any worse than bringing a nuclear bomb into America? I don't know. Um, depends on your politics. Um, but she's just like, there's just something Penny Johnson Gerald does. Like, even the moment when, like, you've kind of got her on the phone and, like, Killer's campaign manager is like, oh, Sherry Palmer's here. Oh, okay, let her in. Uh, and this is the way, like, they sort of greet each other. I love her when she's, like, walking through the room and she's greeting everyone. Oh, Lenny, Frank, Janine, how you go? How are the kids? Oh, let's go Dodgers. <laughs> and then she just, like, walks into the room and, oh, Sherry, good to see you again. I don't believe you know my uh, advisor. Oh, only by reputation. How you doing, old buddy? Old pal? <laughs> you, look at you. Uh, <laughs> get out of there, you scallywag. Um, <laughs> But just, I love the way even as she just starts being a dick to Keela. Like, you stink. Look at you. you. you gosh, you got bad rap in the polls this morning. Woof, woo-wee. And he's all just like, did you come here to insult me, Sherry? Fuck off. Um, but, I mean, this is just so Sherry. Like, of course she's going to go to the opposition and be like, yeah, so uh, Palmer is involved in murder. It's like, well, how do you know? I am the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> And he's basically like, well, you're going to go to jail. Yes, I am. But I'm willing to because so will David. Like, nah, 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 nah. Like, I just, I love this about Sherry that she just holds such a grudge against David because kind of got to say she's kind of got a well, right to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction. I don't necessarily, is it, you've watched further. Is this her holding a grudge or is this just Sherry's self-preservation? She has a backup plan. It's, she's it's like a grudge. She's got a backup plan for everything. It it's, is? It's a grudge because uh. we get an amazing scene sort of. We get a, a great Sherry David scene to come uh, in a couple of episodes time where, yeah, like it's kind of, she, she misses David. She's still in love with him and she, mm. like, she feels very hurt and broken from what he did to her. So, yeah. This is purely her, you know, wanting revenge. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to go to jail with someone else. Like, because literally her response is, like, you will go to jail, but so will David. Like, it's like, yeah, okay. Like, that's what you want. Um, so I, I just love it. Like, she's so good. And, like, I get what you're saying about the randomness of bringing her in, but I would argue last season's much, like, again, I believe this because I think what they do well with this storyline, it's the way they actually do it with the timing. We don't often criticise that, oh, it's three in the morning and this can happen. Like, you know, like that's something that's very, very nitpicky. But, like, this works because, again, it's like 9.30 in the morning. Sherry's gone home what, at, like, 2, 3 in the morning after, you know, David sent her home. She's gone home, gotten two hours sleep, come woken up. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I need to get revenge on David. What am I going to do? Oh, I've got to wait to 9 till Keela's in the office. So, like, to me, it makes perfect sense. Um, I, think, so- I think her involvement in this story makes more sense than her involvement in the seasons two story. But I think what season two had going for it is that 
the Cypress recordings and all of that was already a plot line. And you just drop Sherry into it yeah. with like four or five Agreed. episodes ago. Whereas now we're introducing a new subplot and reintroducing Sherry and it's all coming about with only well, four weeks it, to go. But but I would argue, is it a new subplot? Because let's think about this. We would be complaining if they don't bring Sherry or Julia or anything back. If the Millican storyline ended like mm-hmm. five hours ago and we never heard from it again, we would be crying foul of that, going, well, what happens with that? That just disappears. So I think if anything... This is a much better way of doing it than what they've done with other characters of random, like last season, let's bring Gary back. Oh, no, like we've got to go back here and <laughs> here's Gary. We better kill him because remember that storyline we spent half the season on? Like This is way this, better than that. This makes sense. I think this makes complete sense. And I'm not a fan of them starting this season at 1 p.m. I think that's a big detractor of this season, but it that plays into its hands is you can do these storylines where you can bring characters back in the morning when they've gone home to sleep and woken up the next morning, like we would do in a general day. Cause it wouldn't have made sense if Sherry was strolling the streets of LA at four in the morning going, believe me, believe me. Like it, it doesn't make sense, but yeah. Um, and quickly Penny Johnson, Gerald and Tom Cruise are separated by two movies, but I'm pointing this out right now. They have chosen the perfect person to be in the middle with these two. Tom Cruise was in All the Right Moves with Terry O'Quinn, who was in <laughs> Kaleidoscope with Penny Johnson. So what I've learned today is that Terry O'Quinn's in a Tom Cruise movie and a Penny Johnson Gerald movie. Oh, so, there we go. Sign me up. John Locke is friends with Sherry Palmer and Tom fucking Cruise. Done. I'm on board. We, we basically have half finished our month right now, Ontario Quinn. That's all we needed. <laughs> Kaleidoscope is a 1990, it's a Danielle Steele made-for-TV romantic <laughs> drama featuring Jacqueline Smith, Perry King. So Terry O'Quinn and Penny Johnson Gerald are not even top billed, uh, featuring other people I've never heard of. And All the Right Moves is a 1983 sports drama That's film. That's a good movie. Starring Tom Cruise, Craig T. Nelson, Leah Thompson... Yeah. Um, never heard of it. So, uh, and Terry Quinn is like 10th bill on that one. So, oh, Leon, as in Dougie Dunn's friend from Cool Runnings is in it. So there you go. Wow. Never heard of it, but there you go. All right. <laughs> Good movie from what I remember. I haven't seen it. All the right years. moves in Kaleidoscope coming soon. Danielle Steele month <laughs> to the Oz Network. Overdue. Uh, so this is where it's going to get a bit all over the place because everything else all is kind of one storyline. So I'm, I'm going to go as best I can here chronologically. You can correct me as I go along. Uh, following up from last week, we had um, Tony getting Saunders out with his man bag. And now uh, Jack is wondering, it's like, well, where is he? The, the teams, they were in the wrong spot. We're at the front of the building and calls up Tony. <laughs> uh, we had some bad info. Oh, we had some bad info. And I love Jack right here. This is where Jack gets connected. Now, I know that like Chappelle is gone, that one guy who is defending Jack. Uh, so who here is saying Jack is the next in line to take over CTU? Because this is where his threat started. If you can't run CTU, then you better replace yourself with someone who can. And it's going to end up being Jack, which really makes me wonder because what Tony does here is no different than the Jack does in the rest of the season i think we even discussed that uh chase he's here he's on the case he says hmm that seems kind of suspicious i agree chase let's go back to ctu bye chase done for the week uh, <laughs> wow is he lost in the shuffle 
Here's your here's your residual check, Mister Badgedale. <laughs> <laughs> don't spend it all at once. Yeah, like I don't. There's a couple more episodes to go, but I mean, he's gonna have a big moment in the finale. We know that. But is there oh, at least he... a reintroduction in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think he's involved a bit next week with the action. He's got some stuff with Kim that gets wrapped up, and um, obviously, he's very, I'd say, a top five moment in the last episode with him. So. Yeah, he's kind of lost a little bit at the moment, but I would argue Kim gets forgotten about more than him. Like, okay. you talk about getting lost in the thing. Kim's basically got nothing to do for the rest of the season, and we won't see her again till season five, so spoiler alert. Um, make the most of Alicia Cuthbert in the two scenes she's got, basically, between now and the end of it. <laughs> now, one of these erratic things that I, I said I loved is just every task that Tony's given and every time he tries to get out of this. Uh, with um, what's his name, um, Saunders. Saunders this week. Wow. First Saunders, being okay. Wow. There's an <laughs> there's an escape that I just made that you need to delete all evidence of. So delete the satellite images. Um, Tony's like okay. He goes along with it. Uh, at this point, rewatching it, I'm thinking like this is again way too easy for Tony. Just do this. Like he would be putting up more of a fight. Uh, but he's going to put up more of a fight. Um, I. I did notice here Tony's bandage. We got one of these. He must have changed bandages in between shots. He got shot in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's uh, the, the Adam talking to his sister here. Uh, I love that uh, <laughs> Chloe. Chloe coming in. <laughs> okay, but we have more important matters. Oh, I'm talking with my sister, the one who got infected with the virus. <laughs> Is that one? <laughs> I love Adam's reaction. I'm not even going to answer that. What does he say? No, nah, Paula. I just said, fuck Jenny. I don't care about Jenny dying. <laughs> well, I think she even has... Paula's the, got an okay. Xbox. <laughs> but Chloe even says, okay, I'll wait. And just stands there staring at him. He's on the phone with his sister. Uh, please be quick, please. Uh, and she brings up the fact there was some glitch just at the right moment. Um, and uh, we have um, uh, the Jane... Michelle interrogation slash seduction thing. There's uh, a lot of like Michelle, and, Michelle. and Saunders. Ooh. Yeah, they're, they're seducing each other. Yes. Um, I will I'll miss that. But, bit. Uh, <laughs> You've got a different cut. Send me that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this, this is where <laughs> no, it You actually what broke the, the silence. <laughs> I, I would love what it is because you broke up. I just heard you. Oh, Jada. And I'm like, I was like, oh, send me the okay. character just, just a little bit. You sort of like looked at it. And then we move into the next bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> we planned this very well, the comedy on the Oz Network. It was a it was a technical glitch that happened at just the right moment. <laughs> uh, kind of suspicious. Deja vu. But, uh, Definitely live time. This is where everything... <laughs> uh, this is where it all starts getting confusing for me because basically Adam and Chloe are like, well, that's suspicious. We should tell Tony. Okay. Let's go tell Tony. Oh, don't worry about that. It's something. Why don't you go not talk to Adam and you go talk to this person and hey, don't talk to Chloe. I, I get so lost here. There's, there's uh Jane uh, who's slitting whose throat here. This is where they come up to Michelle. So Saunders basically got the knife to her. I have my knife to your wife's throat. This is where he has that line. But unless you want to have a disfigured wife come home, then you're going to do what I say. This is Tony basically saying, come on, I'm in charge here. I don't need a soul patch anymore. People listen to me now. I'm a man. Uh, and uh, Tony has to go along with this. Uh, um, Dr. Sunny comes back. She's looking for Michelle. This is where everybody's like, now all of a sudden everybody's like, hey, where's Michelle? I don't know. Somebody else. Uh, can we get a hold of Michelle? 
And somehow Brad Hammond keeps getting brought into the conversation here. Like he's a Why part of the Why comes like, in next week or the week after? Isn't he brilliant? <laughs> uh, everybody wants Brad Hammond. Everybody wants Michelle. Uh, everybody wants to talk to whoever they can't talk to right now. Uh, and um, stuff happens. Adam is being played off of Chloe here. Uh, and this is the, the one part. I'm going to cap it here because it's just, like, whether it's intentional or unintentional, hilarious moment. As Tony is now trying to keep Adam and Chloe away from each other, I think, where he wants Chloe to do something but not Adam. And then she's like, oh, why would you want me to do this? That's actually Adam's department. He goes, well, because you're better at it. She goes, oh, okay. And she walks away. Wait, why did you say that? <laughs> like, uh, because you are. Chloe, even Chloe knows. If somebody's complimenting her, it's a problem. Is that the point of this scene? I, I think you're underselling all of this because I don't think it's all over the place at all. I think this is, you talked last week about Carlos Bernard being great. I think this is his best ever episode because the fact of the oh, matter is, is that he's like, he's selling all this. And I think the point of this episode is, is that people are confused by what he's doing and what's happening because they've essentially found that somebody in Tony's team of like 70, they say that there's like <laughs> seven, where are these people? Um, yeah. Like on level three that we just don't get to ever see them. Um, so they're basically going like, Tony, like, you know, it's convenient that this got deleted. So somebody in your team's working against it. And Tony's all like, yeah, you're right. We should investigate that. Yeah, we should. And meanwhile, Tony's getting like pressure. There's a scene, I think, that I don't know if you just skipped over or you've forgotten about, but it's amazing with Tony when he's like on the phone to Saunders. I think you're implying the I'm in charge bit because Saunders is all like, I've got your wife. I'm going to kill her, release Jane. And Tony's all like, well, let me speak to um, Jane. Uh, let me speak to Michelle. And he's like, no. And he's like, I, you know, I hope you realize that I've got Jane here right now and I can go in here and I can yeah. slit her throat and I can basically kill her. I'm in charge. And Saunders is like, all right, then. Here's Michelle. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, like, it's a badass Tony scene. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I love the way they're playing off each other because even Saunders gets a bit badass when he's all like, you know, your wife's attractive. Like, I'm sure you want to return in one piece. Like, you will do as you're told. And then by the end of it, he's all going to be like, you've got 30 seconds to get her the fuck out of there. I don't care that you're not in charge anymore. That's your problem, not mine. Get rid of her. Oh, Michelle's dead. So, like, I kind of like this cat and mouse that Tony and um, Saunders are playing off each other. I think, like... Yeah, he kind of gives in easily, but I think this is just the Tony character, and I think this goes into the whole love story between them. It's, I think we've talked about it on this show or other shows. You've got different types of love, and I'm not talking down Jack and Terry's love, but they'd been married for how long at that point? They've got like a 16-year-old daughter, so they've been together for a long time. Tony and Michelle are still freshly married. They're still kind of in love, and Tony, like... This is going to be the Tony storyline. Michelle is his world. So I, I I kind of see him caving in and he's a bit like, you know, off the cusp. Whereas Jack is more calculated. He thinks about things a little bit more for the greater good. That's not Tony. Um, I think a lot of the whole, you do this, Chloe, you do that, Adam. Like, again, makes sense because Tony's erratic. Tony's not thinking straight. He's trying to do this. He's trying to do that. He's trying to cover his tracks. And I kind of like the moments when he's like, Oh, yeah, okay, somebody could be evil. And then, like, just Jack. Kiva Sutherland's amazing this episode, like, inquisitive Jack. The way, kind of, you know, you've got Detective Jack being, like, he's just got always a dumbfounded look on his face. He's just like, what the fuck, Tony? Like, you're better than this. You know what I mean? So it's kind of just the way it is. I, I will say, though, the one thing that I nitpick is that they've locked down CTU for worse, and in future seasons they will <laughs> lock down CTU for less. So why do they put this on a lockdown when Jane, like, goes? When the way I think... 
Jack says at one point, like, lock it down. Like, where's the big sirens and the big flashing? Like, and they locked, was it the, like three episodes in, they locked down CTU because of they thought that Jack was evil or Nina was evil or whatever the hell it was. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I I don't. I don't. I don't agree with you that this is all. I, I love this stuff. I love Tony kind of going but, all over the shop and being this way. I think it's great. But like I said at the beginning, though, this episode is all over the place. But I think it's kind of the point. I think that it's meant to be about the confusion and the chaos and all that. I'm not necessarily even saying it's a bad thing, but it is. It, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> You're used to a format. You're used to a pacing, even with a, an action packed like 24. And this one, without really a lot of action, it's just throwing a new thing at you every five minutes. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't see that. So, I, I mean, that's your opinion. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, I don't see it that way. And again, it could just be because I've seen a few seasons ahead now on my rewatch and there are some that like, wow. Um, But like this one, I just, because I think the whole point, like you said at the beginning, how it's kind of, it blends so many stories in together. You've only really got the one main mm. plot this week versus the Palmer stuff. And I think that maybe that's where you feel it a little bit more. But I just think because, as you said, it's kind of the point. It's it's entertaining and it kind of keeps you on the seat because you you work that in with Saunders and what he's doing. And that, again, as I said, that cat and mouse that Tony and that are playing off each other. And it's and also maybe the fact because it's not Jack. This is usually a Jack storyline that Jack's the mm-hmm. one having someone like Kim's yeah. kidnapped. Like this is a Tony. Like Jack's not really in this week a lot. And when he is, he's just, he's taking command. He's taken CTU command. So yeah, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I don't see what you're saying this week. It, it, okay. So let's, this isn't to be argumentative or anything, but legitimately help me break down what happens in this episode. So this is sure. from my team. So we have Tony has helped Saunders escape. Mm-hmm. Saunders now needs him to delete the images of him from the satellite feeds. He does that. Chloe catches on that the satellite images are deleted or Adam They've or one of them. Gotten sus- so they, people are getting suspicious because I think the whole point there is like when, you know, they, they jump onto the satellite, but hang on a minute, the satellite images are missing at the exact moment he goes. So this is where they're like, hmm, this is a little bit convenient. So you basically got Tony covering his tracks while pretending to still be in charge and acting, oh, that's a bit unusual. And then you've also got everybody just kind of unraveling it a little bit, working it out before finally realizing it's Tony. So I think the point of it is, is that Tony is doing everything in his power to make it seem like things are normal and delay the inevitable of him getting caught because he doesn't want Michelle dying while everybody else in CTU is going, huh, one of Tony's 70 people are probably evil, so let's get to the bottom of that while also trying to find out where Saunders is. Well, and I get like the basics of the plot, but, you know, this is what it's all about, but... All the events that happen one after the other, it's like, okay, so mm. Tony's deleting the satellite images and then you're going to give me Jane. Well, well, I'm not going to give you Jane because I've got Jane and you're going to give me what I want. Oh, guess what? I got Michelle too. So now I got Michelle involved in there. And now it's Jane versus Michelle and Michelle versus Jack versus Tony and Tony versus Saunders. And because Tony knows Adam he versus can't, Chloe. because Tony, like Tony, again, I, not I, I understand Jack. all of that, but the amount of events I'm trying to work out here. So, so Hammond comes into this because Tony is using Hammond as an excuse. Tony to is basically he's himself. basically implying like why he's going out of like oh yeah I've got a call with Hammond in like fifty minutes because he says at one point he I think they they say like oh 
this has gone missing, so I'll, I've got to tell Hammond. So Tony's like, oh, no, 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 I've got to call with him in 15 minutes. I'll tell him. So yeah. like, oh, okay. And then they're okay, like, so oh, that, no, he then we doesn't get, have a call. Then we get Jack looking suspicious after talking to Tony because this is where we're at now. So now we're at – also, Adam versus Chloe. That part I'm really unclear on. So he because doesn't want Adam off each Chloe, other. Because I think for what I think, reason? Because he knows he can control Chloe in that room. So he's basically like, I can keep you in this room – and I can basically control you. Yes, this is Adam's job, but and I also think he's wanting Chloe to basically like listen to this file, but basically like not get to the bottom because he's scrambled it. So he's delaying Chloe. Basically, like I'm going to make you do something which is not making looking into me, and I'm going to make Adam do something which is not looking into me. So then I'm in the clear here, so I can cover my tracks here. Again, so- <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> Okay. Even the explanation like, kind of makes my head hurt. But again, I don't really see it that way. I think that the, the point that the, the difference here that maybe it's sort of like it's a bit of not used to it is we had this storyline in effect in season one with Jack. The difference between Jack and Tony is that Jack is just going to fucking go in and grab Jane and leave and not worry about all the covering the tracks. Whereas Tony is more of a uh, an IT guy, uh, uh, like a, a an office person versus an agent. So he's thinking about all the logistics. Like, oh, okay, well, I'll cover my tracks here and I'll play them off each other. Whereas, you know, if this was Kim well, being kidnapped, Jack's just going to walk in there, fucking knock a guard out, take Jane and bugger, think about the consequences later. And see, this is where I'm torn because I, I like the erraticness of, okay, now we got to, even in the way you described it, I mean, you got to admit, the way, trying to describe this does sound kind of convoluted. Okay, so he's going to cover with a handful call, and then you got, you want to make sure that you got Chloe in the room, but not Adam, which in a way doesn't make sense because Chloe's going to be better at everything. We've been led to believe Chloe's better at everything than Adam, so if you don't want the file to be discovered, why not ask it to Ed? (laughs) I mean, well, I look, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I am the dumbest person on all the podcasts we do. <laughs> I have struggled to understand things at the best of times. So I can't sit here and say, Colin, you're dumb for not understanding this because that's a pot calling the kettle black. So I'm not going to say that. But I definitely am not confusing what I'm saying because I understand. What, but I, I, I get that sometimes you can watch certain things and maybe not understand it on certain levels. So It's, it's really the Adam versus Chloe thing that I think is either it's – it's necessary for the purpose of you're creating this erratic episode where it's one thing after the other and you don't want the audience to be able to catch a breath because you, you don't have action this episode. Your action is all over the phone and on computers. And it's it's expertly done for what they're doing. But getting to the bottom of the reason, the storyline reasoning why he's playing Adam and Chloe off of each other because that's what takes over half of this episode for me. It's like, okay, but don't talk to Adam. And then I do love the moment though where he is saying to her, uh, all right, so I want you to do it. Well, why not Adam? Because I think you're better at it. Why would you say that? Like, that's I a think, great Chloe moment. I think this is just a classic 24 episode where you've got, like, that intrigue and almost like a spy espionage type of thing and people working off each other that this does so well. And I think that there are later seasons in which they attempt to keep doing this and it doesn't stick the landing and like, mm-hmm. okay, you're finding this a bit confusing and all that sort of stuff, but you're obviously entertained by this and you're enjoying it, even though you might not sort of, you know, get it fully. There's stuff later on that we get in other seasons, which again, they're trying to do this and it just, it you can pick apart plot holes and it makes no sense. And they'll mm-hmm. throw in a random thing here and it's just like, okay, well, what are they doing? This is a lot like season one with some of the stuff I feel we got early on. And I think that, 
you know, yeah, you're adding an extra layer to it. And yeah, we're going to complain a lot later on in 24 about how they're just recycling plot lines. And you would argue, well, they're recycling the Jack does whatever he can to save Kim and Terry storyline from season one. It's a different character this time around. But I just, I think maybe I'm relishing this more because I know that this is something that gets repeated, but I feel this episode does it so well versus what we're going to get in later seasons. It does. I think I'll agree with that because as much as I think there are things that are thrown in here just to throw one more thing at the audience, Adam and Chloe, Chloe versus Adam, even though I think that there's things like that that are just there to mess with the audience a little bit more and and make it the the purpose of this is so that you feel everything piling on top of Tony, because we're not going to spoil it here, but this is the downfall of Tony, the way that Palmer's season has been the downfall of a presidency it is one thing after the other. That's sort of what this is building towards. And what you do feel with this erraticness and, and this one thing after the other is you feel everything piling on Tony. Where you're like, I don't understand what's going on, but I understand that he's stressed out. I mean, this guy's still got a gunshot wound. And you can, for Carlos Bernard especially, praising his acting two weeks in a row here, you can feel the stress piling on this man. You can, Every time he receives a call from Saunders and every time he thinks he has the upper hand, but it turns out he doesn't, you can tell even just in his performance, like this is getting to him and that's going to matter later on. And we're going to get an amazing scene between him and Jack next week. I think I pointed out last week that you can kind of see it a bit hypocritical with how Jack acted in season one when Terry and Kim are kidnapped, but we they address that next week. And I still got issues. I definitely still have issues, particularly how Tony ends up being treated with all of this and yet Jack gets well, away with it. Like that's going to be my issues moving forward. But I think Carlos Bernard portrays this in such a way where going back to last week where I said Tony Michelle probably the best couple and I think this is where you buy into that more because yeah Jack loves Terry yeah Jack loves Audrey but Jack's Jack Jack almost is a bit of a Hakuna Matata whatever died I'm gonna move on you know we literally had that in season two how do I live and three (laughs) three episodes later he's shooting dogs and shit um whereas this is something that defines Tony it's Michelle this will be what defines him everything moving forward. Whereas Jack gets over Terry, gets over Audrey, gets over Renee, um, and just be is Jack, you know. Jack's a man. Jack doesn't have emotions. Uh, does his crying bullshit. Maybe in a couple of weeks he might. But, um, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, I think that it's just different reactions to this episode. But... Uh, Really, this is all about Tony, and and I remember loving the way that Tony's character wrapped up. And whether it's done perfectly in this episode, or whether you kind of need to add all the episodes up together, that's kind of the question I have. It might be something where it gets added on week after week. It just gets better the more that you pour into this. And I think the one thing too that I'll say again is bookmark this. Remember your feelings right now, because in basically uh, an entire season's time, basically at this exact same moment of season four we kind of get roles reversed here and, you know, connect the dots how that's going to play and just how that play, like it adds something to this storyline. Maybe I'm enjoying this more because I've seen what happens in season four and like, it just, it adds to this. So I think kind of, you know, it's just, it's just something about it that just works with it. Um, And I just want to say one thing, like I totally get what you're saying about how it's kind of a bit weird where Chloe's like, like, why would you say that? But, kind of actually like that moment. I kind of like, like, Chloe's a pain in the ass this season, but there's just something about Chloe's character there where I kind of like her, like, double-take pigeon going, like, wait. She's self-aware you... for the first time ever. Yeah, I can't, and, like, I love I love Chloe getting locked in a room and Jack pointing a gun at Chloe. Like, that's kind of <laughs> cool. But, um, 
yeah, I don't know. There's just something about that. Like, this is like little inklings of what they do with Chloe moving forward are kind of here, even though she's mm-hmm. still a bit of a pain in the ass. Also, uh, we haven't brought it up in about two weeks. Hashtag, where's the baby? Yeah. <laughs> and where's Adam's sister? <laughs> yeah, dead. What happens to her? <laughs> do we ever find out, like, you've she watched Far Bed? Does I, I mean, did he I think, bother like, to mention it? Does he get a morning moment? <sighs> I think they do because, like, as I think I've mentioned a few times, this whole like quarantine zone thing just gets like in like a week or two. They're like, "Oh, it's fine." It's like, "No, it's not fine." We've just seen this with COVID. They're not controlling this anymore. <laughs> but like, twenty four world COVID would have been done in twenty four hours. So we wish we had a CTU with COVID. We wouldn't still be in a pandemic. Uh, yeah, if only we had Tony Almeida there, uh, we'd all be safe. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, I think. What happens here where Jack gets brought into it, this is where it starts getting a little bit more of that focus. And the weird thing is, is it's actually with one of the weirdest moments where I'm like, where were they going with this? When Tony is talking to Jack for the first time and he's basically, tell me what's going on. And he goes, I didn't want to raise any red flags. And there's this look that they both have towards Adam where I'm like, are they trying to make it like, I'm, they're not going to go this way, but this is wrapped up before this episode. We, everybody kind of finds out that Tony's the one doing this, but the way that Jack looks at Adam and then Tony does, Tony's not the one to look at him. So at first I'm like, okay, so is Tony trying to throw the blame onto Adam? Is that what they're trying to do? And that's why we had that scene with Chloe, but Jack looks at Adam first and then Tony looks at him. And then it's a thing where Jack several times in this episode is sort of like looking at Adam and I'm, I'm tr- still trying to work. on like, were they trying to maybe trick the audience into thinking, Oh, this is going to be something where Adam ends up taking the blame. Like, like we saw with Jamie in season one. Uh, but they're going to resolve and this is maybe just let's mess with the audience a little bit like the way that we had jane and michelle last week who's gonna get taken that's fascinating that yeah i've never read it like i never look at this and think that you're meant to imply that adam's evil to me it's all jack no i don't think i never thought that just just to clear it up i i think we know adam's not evil but the way that jack looks at adam kind of suspiciously when he doesn't really have a reason to it's almost like they were trying to make the audience think hey Tony's going to pin this on Adam and that's going to draw this out for a couple of weeks. Maybe just to give the audience that idea. We know how to work the show out, but it's not going to be that way. No, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Maybe that's what they were doing, but I've never interpreted that. It was way. just weird. I, I immediately picked up. I'm like, that's kind of odd. And then Jack has one more look at Adam, which is especially weird because the first person he goes to is Adam. Adam, you know something weird about Tony? The guy's sister's so- dying, Colin. Show him some respect. <laughs> There's no flavor saver. I think that might be change his hair. The I mean, it's the it's the gunshot in the neck. That's what it is. I think this is a moment too where like Jack goes to Adam, um, and it's one of my two bad actors of the week. And I'm so glad there's a little bit on Twenty Four Wiki about this. So you got this woman. I'm calling a Karen, but according to uh, Wiki, she's female intel agent, where she basically is like. Adam, NHS wants those coordinates now or they'll have to widen the quarantine zone. (laughs) Adam is like, oh, yes. Like, who is this woman? And I'm seeing here a female intel agent, an intelligence agent, interrupted Adam Kaufman while he was talking to Jack Bauer. (laughs) She needed help coordinating with National Health Services during the Cordilla virus threat. The female CTU worker was played by Angelina Swords. Oh, the Angelina Swords. Get her on the show. Um, she was in The Young and the Restless. I can see her acting abilities there. Um, the other one, I'll jump it because I'll forget about it. Is I love the security guard at the end who apparently is Wilson. Wilson! Um, who when, like, Tony escapes and Jack's all like, Jane, where is she? And he's just like, both guards are down. 
she's gone. Uh, <laughs> Wilson, played by the Andrew A. Rolfs. Um, so there you go, my two shit actors of the week. Wilson <laughs> and CTU female intel agent. Before we, we, we wrap up the end of this story this week, one thing you mentioned I kind of want to touch on is the Jack Tony hypocrite thing. Like Jack did this with Terry and everything. But if we're looking even just at this season, Jack has done worse things, things that would raise more red flags than what Tony does. Mm-hmm. Jack broke a man out of prison. Okay? Jack was wanted. He left the country. He broke a man out of prison. Yeah. He was the most wanted man in America, apparently. Now he's just in charge of CTU again. Yeah, Lucky you know, Jack. between the Salazars, Gael, everything with Tony and Jack this season, at this point, everybody's first guess would be, oh, well, he probably broke Jane up because there's some secret mission we're not uh, allowed to know about. This is top secret information. At this point, you got to assume that's it. The last thing they should be suspecting is that he's collaborating with the villain. It's, I mean, look, this is the Jack Bauer power hour every week. We watch this show because of Jack. What's our biggest problem with legacy? There's no Jack Bauer. You know, even season six, you've at least got some Jack moments to fall back on. I get it. This is the point. But this is where I think the writers, they do back themselves into a bit of a corner with particularly what's going to happen to Tony and the fallout from what happens with this. Because there's a lot of fallout from Tony doing this and what he gets into trouble with. And you're 100% right because Mm -hmm. Jack has done and will do so much worse and but Jack gets away with it. And like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's like, oh, let's pretend he's dead. Oh, he's kidnapped by China. Oh, this, all that. Like, it's, but like, again, it just, it sometimes it hedges belief that Jack can literally do these things and just completely get away with it. Yet they're going to put Tony up for treason for what he's going to do and he's going to go to jail for it. So, like, it's kind of, yeah. You know, um, and like there are some of the episodes I've been watching too. Like, okay, I'm not shitting on Jack. Jack is amazing to me. One of the greatest television characters in the history of television. I love the character of Jack Bauer. I am gay for Jack Bauer. I will say that right now. But like, Jack's also a bit of a bully. <laughs> like, there yeah. are definitely some episodes where you're like, Jack, you, you're a bully, mate. Like, calm down. Um, but he gets shit done. As we always know, mm-hmm. the trope is if people listen to Jack Bauer, this show would be called Twelve, not Twenty Four. So. Um, but yeah, just, just remember the shit that Jack Bauer gets away with and never goes to fucking jail. Yeah. Tony, <laughs> he's going to prison for this. Spoiler alert. I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Jack could break him out of prison uh, if he wanted to and get away with it. <laughs> and then Jack, Tony would go back to jail. It'd be his fault. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the one thing I really love here is, uh, you talk about Jack being a bully where Tony is basically trying to explain away, oh, Jack. I screwed up. I made a mistake. It was no, Tony, you made two. <laughs> Very dramatically. <laughs> you only get one in this company. <laughs> Jack Bauer only allows one mistake. Exactly. Two, you're done. Which actually you're over your limit. Thing, one thing I just thought of when we get to season seven, kind of understand why Tony turns evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You never went to I jail, Jack. To- I did. <laughs> I just wonder when when Chloe called that that t- t- team meeting where everybody Adam made a mistake and was like, oh but I get two I get two <laughs> <laughs> oh you are right that is CTU policy <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah I mean this now just becomes Jack suspicious of Tony and Chloe gets locked in a room because um, Tony gave her an assignment that she's doing too good at <laughs> I guess I still can't work that out but but still I, I like Tony's. Uh, whole escape here that he gets 
um, the, uh, the, the Saunders conversation, like the fine, I think this is the final conversation that, um, uh, that he has with him. He's like, don't call me again until you have Jane safely away. Like he's basically just dismissive of Tony. Now, like this is the ultimate climax to Tony at the beginning. I have the power. I've got Jane. And he goes, ah, let's see what's behind door. Number one, you know, <laughs> it's Michelle. This is the ultimate climax where these guys should be playing. And, and I'll, I'm more on board with you saying I'm forgiving a Saunders for such a, a bad plot device for the second half of his arc here with Jane, because he does not flinch from the second he finds out they have Jane. He's like, no, I'm going to do this. The balls of this man to say, don't even bother calling me until Jane's safely away. Like if, if he's that worried about his daughter, you know that he's panicking, but he won't show his panic. And that's the difference between him and Tony. And yet I love Tony for the fact that we're seeing panic. And I think that yeah. watching this the first time, this was where I really became on board with Tony as a character because for the first time you kind of identify with the guy. I'm not yeah. saying it's not still a bit of a stretch that he just immediately jumped to. I'm going to aid in a bed, a terrorist, but you side with him, at least to the point where you empathize with him. I guess that would be the, the better uh, way of phrasing it. You empathize with him, and they've humanized Tony, but they've also just made Saunders such a more intimidating villain by him not batting an eye at this. And I think you've sold that very well because you're right. What annoys me a lot about Saunders' downfall is what will basically be because of Jane, but I think you sell it to the point where it's like, yeah, you don't see that emotion and panic. Like, of course he's, you know, concerned for Jane, but he never shows it. And when Mm -hmm. he does show it, he shows it next week. And then the week after will be even more jarring, but like, it's sort of, it's shocking. It's, it's like, wow. Okay. Where's this coming from? It's shocking. It's like what we will get that closes this season out, which makes it so powerful because it's a certain aspect where you don't expect to see a character do that. Um, So yeah. And I, like, I just, I love, this whole section when, yeah, don't call me again. And then Tony just gets out and boom. But I will say plot hole. Why does, um, when Saunders rings Tony, it's like, how long does satellite can find me? Oh, about 30 minutes. You could find blue shirt guy in the corner of yeah. a red thing, <laughs> thing, find him within five minutes. Saunders before was all like, oh, they're going to track me on satellite, delete those frames. They'll, they'll know as soon as I leave ctu bandwidth just slow down around their own office and they can take 30 minutes to track them so it like, is it what? is peak hours and yeah well true it, i mean it's 9 a.m in the morning lots of people are downloading porn at that time but like it's just <laughs> i don't that's, that's, that's like a massive plot hole of convenience oh 30 minutes until they can track us on okay sure wasn't an hour ago but whatever <laughs> Uh, when Jack relieves Tony from duty, uh, and Ooh. then Jack basically assumes command, we get our second moment in only a few weeks where somebody decides to make a speech to all CTU they don't need to make. Uh, <laughs> attention, everybody! I'm back in command! <laughs> power is all mine! Uh, I don't think he's the only choice, though. You, you question about why, why, like... I know! But, like, he's the only... Michelle's been held hostage. Gail's dead. Chappelle's dead. Mason's dead. Who's it going to be? Adam? Chloe? That, no. This is where I want somebody because Jack is making an announcement, a company-wide announcement. Everybody, all eyes on me. Forget about the virus. I got more important matters. I'm boss again. I just want somebody to be like, isn't this the guy who's on heroin and broke somebody <laughs> out of prison and disobeyed presidential orders? And you got his partner shot in the hand, uh, chainsawed a door. <laughs> like, I don't want somebody to be like, I'm not taking orders from this guy, okay? Until he's at least got the rehab. I want Jack to just be standing at the top of the stairs with a chainsaw. <laughs> I'm in command. <laughs> uh, 
but what I what I will say really saves this episode. Because again, I, I I like what they did with this episode, whether it was intentional or unintentional. There's things about this episode that I really didn't like because it's so unusual and maybe it's too much all at once. But what really saves this for me is one of the best climaxes we've ever gotten in 24. And yet nothing that's really happening is that exciting. It's intercutting all, everything at once. This isn't like we got the the uh, corners of the screen for split screens. This is, we're going to be showing, you know, Jack with his speech while yeah. we're showing the Jane escape, while we're showing something like you actually have sequences, just one after the other, after the other. And I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. There's something very, uh, Oh yeah. The, the matrix reloaded. So when they go into the climax of matrix reloaded and you have Morpheus giving a speech and before he's even finished telling what the mission is, you're seeing the beginning of that mission. And then they cut yeah. back to Morpheus and then they cut back to the mission, just going back and forth like that. It's just, it's, it's a clever bit of editing that made something that's t- not terribly exciting that much more exciting just going back and forth with it. Um, and when Jack uh, finally realizes, wait, something's up. Where's Tony Almeida? <laughs> uh, and he finds Chloe in a closet. He holds the gun on her. Now, is he, again, I think this may be the, why there was something to the whole suspicious look at Adam earlier. Like they were going to try to make this like, oh, maybe Jack's going to buy Tony's story because uh, the way that he comes in here, you think he's just rescuing. Hey, Tony locked me in here and he set me up and stuff like that. Jack's not taking the gun off her. So it's like, I'm not willing to trust anybody, whether it's Adam or Chloe. He's still yeah. like, you know what? At an arm's length. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to buy your whole story. No, and I think that's the point because it's Jack. Jack, he's going to be suspicious. He can't just automatically assume, you know, I mean, God, this is a guy who was fucking Nina and she was doing whatever. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that definitely that's it. And like, you know the weird thing that I discovered in season four, like you get this Chloe Jack relationship, and it's kind of implied early in season four that it's like, no one will, like I'll only trust Jack, I'll only trust Tony, uh, I'll only trust Chloe. It's like you don't really see much of these two together at all in season three, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But like this is kind of maybe the only bit I can think of where you've almost got like a Jack quickly trusts Chloe and like you know listens to her yeah. because you just it's it's a little bit weird that they jump straight into the Jack and Chloe trust each other like no one else. It's like, well, you didn't see any of that in season three. I can't think of any real mm-hmm. Jack Chloe moments in this season. Can you? Yeah. And this is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> if anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add on the climax? And then we basically just end with where's Tony? Well, well you like, you talk about that sort of editing. I love the, like, this is one of those ones where you've got like, yeah, six split screens to end it. So we don't really have like a cliffhanger, but if you actually listen to Jack, we literally end with son of a bitch. Also add, I haven't been keeping up with the damn it count. So we get a damn it at the beginning of this episode and Jack's up to 10 dammits this season. So uh, just, just say there How are some ki- funny dammits coming up in future seasons. Fuck, they're hilarious. Oh, I know you've sent compilation videos before. We've <laughs> seen those. There's, there's, um, like a, there's one where he's just like, I think he's like, he's hatred of helicopters. He's like, screw it. Like, <laughs> For God's sake, I'm a helicopter. <laughs> but yeah, I, love, uh, do, I love ending on son the- of a bitch. I know, I know, we don't have a kill in this episode, but are you still have a count of where we're at for kills? I'm not doing the kill count, but that's easily found because they've got it on the um the twenty four wiki. So if I go to the on screen kills by Jack Bauer, uh, day three. So what are we up to? Episode twenty one. Um, so uh, where are we? Time. What is this like nine? So he hasn't killed anyone. In like two hours. Oh, last person killed was Chappelle. So um, he's killed 13 people this season, a total of 53 people. And uh, spoiler alert, he's only going to kill one more person this season. So there you go. And not for a while. 
I think Kim's killed 14 at this point. So yeah. uh, we'll see who comes out on Kim, top. Kim's killed more people over the last few weeks than Jack has. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, trivia? Um, anything about IP addresses being wrong this week? Uh, no, I don't think there's any IP addresses this week. Um, this is one of two episodes in which a massive split screen occurs immediately before the final clock. So this is the first time we ever see it. The other one. Uh, day five, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. So I just saw that one, actually. Uh, this, oh, no, this is the final episode to feature Dr. Sunny Mesa. No, Aww. not the Sunny Mesa. Are we going to eulogize her? Um, actually, no, hang on a minute. That's a lie. Let me reread that, Colin Hilding. This is the final episode to feature Dr. Sunny Mesa until her reappearance on day seven. 11- what? <laughs> Dr. Sunny Mesa, the return. <laughs> Bugger Milo returning in season six. It's the it's the Sunny Mesa return. What? She comes back. Um, she does. She comes back for like one, two, three, four, five episodes in season seven. Wow, not the Sunny Mesa. Um, Kim and Jane drive from UCSB to Galetta to CTU in West Los Angeles in about forty minutes. In the real world, this is a distance of a hundred miles. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, when Kim and Jane arrive at CTU, the helicopter in the background does not appear to have any rotor blades. Well, um, Chopper Command have been off that week. Um, I, I th- I'm pretty sure this is Daniel Day Kim's last episode. I should really check that because uh, I don't think we see Baker again. Maybe next week, but I'm not too sure. Um, according to the book, video computer playback operator Dan Merberger reveals an old TV news footage that runs on the screen in CTU is shot specifically for the show using real anchors from LA Fox affiliates. Cool. Uh, and there's an interview with Carlos Bernard and he basically says that he doesn't agree with Tony's decision of personal life before country. He says, no, I don't think he made the right decision, but that is the thing I like about the character. He is flawed. He would like to believe he is built for that job, and I don't know that he is. I agree with that. His emotions get in the way. That is the thing I like about the show. It is constantly asking, what would you do if you were put in that position? Well, luckily for me, I'm alone in life. So, God, you can, like, <laughs> if you, I'm saying this right now, US, Canadian, Australian, Ethiopian government, if you kidnap Colin and you were like, ah, oh, if you don't release my daughter, like, if I'm sorry, if I've got Jane kidnapped and you're threatening to kill Colin, kill Colin. I'm keeping Jane. She's hot. <laughs> Well, I, I actually, I, I, we're going to get more into the Tony and Roger Michelle Moore. relationship later on, but uh, like future seasons, that is. But would Michelle have done the same thing for Tony? I don't think so. Again, my point, what I said earlier, I can't it's reverse. Because I know we're going to get, we're going to get into it more, but. I, I, I know the answer to that and I, I don't want to spoil season, it for our though. listener. I mean, they, oh, this... they have a completely different relationship next season. That's completely different. Yeah. But uh, this but season. I, I, I would say next season's the same outcome this season because I, I think Michelle's a different character. And I think I, Michelle. I, see, I feel yeah. like her pulling the trigger on that guy not to get out of the hotel means Michelle says the mission comes number one and marriage comes second at this point. Which again, remember that uh, for a future season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know where the storyline goes. Again, I'm saying right here, I believe that Michelle doesn't do for Tony. I always sort of thought that. And I agree this, with like, that. And we yeah, may okay. or may not see that in a season's time. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler free for now. Um, all right. So I, I, I think that my opinion on this episode hasn't really changed that much. Uh, I kind of came into this thinking I was going to rent it. Uh, I still say I'm going to rent it, and it's, it's not that it's not it's not a bad rent. It's just there's things about this that bad I rent. don't think really work. It's good rent, good rent, you <laughs> good boy. 
what about oh, you? Girl. I'm guessing your your ah means you're gonna buy this. I'm definitely buying this. Um, this is a great episode. I just I love the intrigue. I love the Tony back and forth. I love it all. Um, and I'm ranking this higher than the last couple of weeks. I am ranking this at number twenty three. Um, I think it's wow. great. I just I just love the way they kind of build around Tony and just watching him squirm and everything. And I, I love the Sherry with Keeler stuff. Like it's intriguing. I know where it goes. Um, do you want me to spoil it right now? I'm not doing anything but buy the rest of this season. The last three okay. episodes I'm buying. Um, Are you trying to break Nick's record? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Nick's record. Cause I'll tell you now, spoiler alert, when it comes to season five, my current streak might be broken because there's a oh. big string of season five episodes, which I'm doing nothing but buying them. But yeah, like, I I think that this episode is a great episode. It's got a lot of intrigue. It's just exciting and everything about it works. And moving forward, also when I come to say that I'm buying the rest of this season, the next three episodes are going to rank very highly, including next week, which is a brilliant episode, Colin. You haven't watched it yet, though, have you? No, no. You'll tease in a minute. Um, My ranking for this, you said this was at 20 what? 23. Oh, it's almost... Uh, 24 but uh it's in the top 24 it's in the, the best day uh yeah no i'm not that high although i will say this is yeah, higher high. on my <laughs> <laughs> this is higher on my rents i've got this at 39 and it's interesting because you look at sometimes you're like oh i figured this is maybe in a top third rent and then you kind of have to look at what your other you have to google what was this episode what was this episode and it's funny because i've got this just above episode 15 of the season and just below episode 16 of season one and I, I actually would have placed it higher, except I looked up episode 16 of season one, had that great scene between Keith and uh, the uh, Carl Webb or whatever, mm-hmm. which in, inches this out because I feel like as great as this climax is as far as on a technical standpoint from, from the direction and everything, uh, I don't feel like the story was necessarily as good uh, script-wise. But, uh, but still, solid episode, not the worst, just weird, unusual. I'm pretty sure I have that episode a lot lower because I think when I was doing my rankings on my speed rewatch i saw that and i was like i'm oh, fiddling that around with different episodes so yeah there you go um i don't I, I usually read the synopsis on 24 wiki but again it's a very spoilerific Spoilers. one for next week but i would just say you've watched so give us a spoiler free oh, version we get an amazing jack and tony scene we get sort of this like i would go out on a limb and say next week maybe has the best or one of the best action scenes we'll ever get in 24 at least to this point i mean when you've got a fucking bunch of jets flying over the LA sewer system that you see in like Greece and, and freaking um, uh, Terminator two. And you've got F 18 Hornets involved in an action sequence at the end of this episode. It's brilliant. So, um, Tom yeah, Cruise look, there. Oh, he should be. Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> I approve of these jets. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's got action. It's got intrigue. You've got a great Tony Jack scene that could potentially be a top five. Um, there's just so much going on next week. And I mean, I, I haven't rewatched it for our, our episode, but I probably watched this maybe three weeks ago, the time of recording this. And I was just blown away. I just sat there going like, fuck, I forgot how good this episode is. And it, it very nearly ends up, uh, it, it's a top three episode for this season. That's all I'll say, <laughs> but it's, it's a great episode, but knowing your opinions recently, you're probably going to be in it. <laughs> I've been one of the last three episodes. I haven't been anything this season. And I'm I'm just spoiled. I don't been anything this season. There's my spoiler. And I think if if the next three are as good as you're saying, then I will have gone through the season with only one bin, which is surprising. I haven't. Uh, uh, I've done nothing but buy since episode 16. So my last rent was episode 15. 
uh, and what I only have only rented one, two, three, five this season. Uh, no bins, and I'm on now a streak of a lot of buys. One, two, three, four, five, six buys, which I think is equal most in 24 in a row. It is. So there you go. And I'll break that next week. All right. I look forward to next week now. You have sold it well. Um, and Thank I you. look forward to trying to convince you to bin it just to see how good I am at convincing you to try to do things. Uh, I'll pay Ooh, you. I'll sign up for Patreon talent. myself. If, if I sign up for Patreon myself, will you bin next week? No. <laughs> okay. If somebody else signs up for Patreon, you even can if at least you sign it to the top tier, it's like 15 <laughs> bucks. Wow. Uh, I'm going to have to work like a quarter of an hour to make that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyways, uh, Curtis, yes, we will Colin, be back. Colin, go, 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 sorry. go, 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 go. This is your 1001 episode. So, because you go ahead. Breaking news at the time of recording this. By the time we release this, it's already happened. But this could be the last time you and I ever do a 24 episode in which the Queen is still alive. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, big night for us on the Aussie because we're talking about the Queen so much in our 24 it's, recaps. Hang on, I'll it, quickly it, check if she's died yet. Uh, this is sad. I'm not making fun of this, but um, at the time <laughs> recording this, it's big news. Well, not anymore. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, this might be the last time we record an episode where the Queen is alive until, what is that? I can't read it. She did. Uh, she said, it's royal, CNN, Royal Family rushes to Queen Elizabeth's side. So that's... Oh, okay. uh, the time of recording this. So by the time you listen to this, she's dead. This is old news, but rip. Or by the time you listen to this, she's been dead and washed up on a beach somewhere. Exactly. God, big, <laughs> big few months of the UK. If James Bond and the Queen dies, wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. So stay tuned next week to find out if the Queen is alive or dead. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, 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 Until then, my name is Colin. Vicious, ambitious, nutritious, and delicious. And my name is Ben, and I have your daughter. I'm in charge. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>